It looks like we're live in our new system. We're here on Restream, and I am alone as far as I know. <laughs> oh, wait. You are not. I, I see you, but I can't hear you, Josh. Oh, no. Are you muted? Oh, he's gone. And no, he's back. I'm not muted. You're not muted. Okay. Well, <laughs> technical difficulties abound, folks. If you're tuning in live with us or just listening on our podcast, we have checking, started checking, up with a new uh, streaming service, Restream, uh, going away from, I don't remember what the, the old one was, but now we're, we're starting a new service. You know, we're still working out the kinks, but we're here. Josh's going to get his audio fixed. I imagine you can hear both of us, but we can't hear each other. Or at least I can't hear Josh. That's Josh weird. can hear me. I can hear I imagine. You. Yeah. <laughs> I can read his lips, but that's not going to work for two hours. <laughs> um, um, silence. Staring at a screen. This is now descriptive video. Josh smiles politely. Can you hear me now? I did not catch what he said. Shit. Shut it. Close. Huh? <laughs> okay, I lost it. I'm not that good at reading lips, let me face it. <laughs> oh, man. Fun times. <clears throat> I am sick again, folks, as is my whole family. Uh, my daughter was teething. She got sick. And I got sick. My wife got sick. And my mom is sick. Uh, it's not Still been nothing. great around here. <laughs> but I will push through. Still nothing. Got the books we got this week. Because that's what we do. We have fun with it. That's the point. If we don't have fun with it, what are we doing? Well, that's a damn good question, Rob. <laughs> what are we doing with it? Let me take a look on Twitter and see if it is picking us up. It's picking us up. I can hear you on the stream. Yeah, so we're both audible on stream. Just I can't hear you on our call. Interesting. Oops, I just typed really loud. Okay. I'll take a minute to talk about some news. I, I don't have any personally, but Brandon has sent me his list. Brandon's not here with us this week again. He's, he's a busy guy this semester. School's like just taking up all his time. But like he said last week, he'll be graduating this year. So by the end of the semester, hopefully he'll have a lot more time to join us. Uh, he does plan to be here next week. At least we're making plans to make sure all three of us are here next week, and it should be a good one. But for now, I'll get into the news that he has sent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Starting off, uh, well, he's finished part one of Naruto the manga, uh, and that was pretty cool. Believe it, as he says. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he was telling me 
couple weeks ago when, when he was on the show that he's just become a fiend for Naruto manga, which I don't blame him. I really don't. Um, also, Josh sent him an incredibly kind gift, and he sung Josh's praises from the highest mountains. He doesn't know it, but that Beast Boy actually helped his mind relax to the point where I could take home... I could take... I, I could take a home exam that I'd be stressing about. You should have seen me. I was typing at super speed like the Flash, but really that's basically two gifts he gave me. Beast Boy and academic encouragement. Ain't that something? Josh is Santa Claus. What a sweet guy. <laughs> Honestly, I, I agree with you, Brandon. Josh is an incredibly kind soul. Uh, he's got two more mouth. things, and they're both creator-owned. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> As he says... First, Peter Snyberg and Ivan Reese have gone exclusive to Ghost Machine, as Brandon is very excited. Me and Josh are crying on the inside that Ivan Reese is no longer DC. Uh, and fingers crossed for Scott Collins and Doug Mankey next, which, Brandon, what the fuck, man? No. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to go exclusive, but I totally think the Ghost Machine guys should appreciate Jeremy Adams and Fernando Passerin about a creator-owned book as well. Just don't take them off DC. God damn. I know the DC crowd is crying, but your boy is eating good knowing all the juicy image books we're about to get. Also, that book from Tomasi and Snyberg looks adorable. The title is Hornsby and Halo. Um, <clears throat> secondly, you got advanced copies for Dan Waters and Ram V's two new shared universe miniseries, The One Hand and The Six Fingers. That's quite the shared universe. What do they call it? The Palm Universe or something? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and they look so fucking pimp. I'm kicking myself because I haven't had time to read them yet. And no, Brandon, we have not heard about it. <laughs> so you, you are the indie corner guy. You're the indie guru. So uh, anyway, it looks cool as hell. And I can't wait till the start of break next week when I'm finally done with the semester. Hell yeah. Next week. All right. So yeah, that's the news <gasps> we've got. That's what Brandon has to say. Watch my mouth. Watch my mouth about what? What did I say? I was just reading what... what uh, oh, you are a kind soul, you bastard. <laughs> you still can't hear me. Why? Oh, man. Alright, we've got... A slew of books this week. Pardon my crunching. I'm sucking out of halls. I'm kind of done with it. Oh, it is citrus and very sour. Oh, damn. Oh, my God. All right. We got a slew of books this week. We have seven books in total, three on the bonus, four on the main that we're going to talk to you about today. Beast World started last week with a bang surprisingly high fashion i must say and it continues this week with two side stories that we're going to be talking about in the bonus show beast world waller rising and beast world tour metropolis uh metropolis being uh just a <clears throat> excuse me an anthology book with various stories about metropolitan metrop but met, people from that city doing adventures yeah, of Metropolis. <laughs> the people of Metropolis. Uh, including Bibbo and John and Dreamer and various other people. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, 
love seeing Bibble Babowski. And Wall Rising is a story from <clears throat> Chuck Brown. Uh, kind of bringing together a lot of the characters he's written over the past few years into one big story that looks to lead to a lot more later down the line and also kind of dives into the ongoing DC story right now with uh, Amanda Waller. So a lot of interesting stuff coming out of Beast World so far. I got to say it's been fun. But like I said, we'll get deeper into those in the bonus show. Be sure to check that out. Subscribe to our Discord through our website. If you're watching this stream, all our links are right there in the QR code. Just take a scan and you'll get links to our Discord, our website. Um, the stream's kind of a moot point because you're already here. Uh, all sorts of stuff, our podcasts. So be sure to check it out. Subscribe to our Discord. You can chat with us 24-7. Because quite literally, between time zones... There is somebody always up. I I I wake up at like before the freaking sun on the eastern seaboard or eastern not seaboard like standard time, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, please click the cog for settings. Make sure the audio output. Where the fuck is that? Oh, there's the cog. Okay, that might, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say something. No, that didn't work. Something. Oh, oh I hear you now. Excellent. And that was really fucking loud. <laughs> Sorry. <One laughs> I'll fix it in a second. All right. Okay, folks, looks like it was my fault. <laughs> uh, like I said, brand new system. We are still working things out. I didn't realize that the default would be nothing in audio output. Literally, you said there is nothing for output. <laughs> Why it would do that, I have no clue. But we're here. <clears throat> we are here. It only yep. took me forever to get to join us, but well to join you rod i mean technically me join you we've both been well, here i just couldn't hear you because i'm a dummy dummy yeah yeah it happens it yeah. doesn't make you a dummy 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 yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> i miss i miss the dummy button i, w I really hope wwe gets la night to bring that back unless it's like taken by impact wrestling but I really hope LA Knight finds a way to have the dummy button just once, just once for a promo. That'd be fantastic. That, it, it really would be. Yeah. It really would be. I would be down with it for sure. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Well, be a lot of fun. I, I told you Brandon's news. Do you got any news? I do not. I do not have any news. It has been. Well, well I mean, I got. I just got, I went to, I went to, um, the eye doctor the other day and uh -oh. got new contact lenses. Oh, okay. That's um, nice. I needed them. Uh, unfortunately I found out that on top of, uh, on top of contacts, I needed glasses as well. So, oh. I am holy shit, Professor yeah, Josh. Professor something. <laughs> Not a big fan of glasses, but nerd. No, I'm, just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. 
He looked Not a big fan of glasses because I hate having to take care of them. Yeah, I get that. They look good on you, though. I gotta say, I will. Uh, after I replace the contacts with the good ones, I'm using my old ones because the I have become much more farsighted and a lot less nearsighted which is weird. So I am able to, the new contacts let me see far away, like wonderfully. But when I get to about right here, everything starts getting fuzzy now. So I couldn't put in my new contact lenses. So now I'll be swapping out my eye care tonight and see how that goes. Right on. Hopefully it works out. Indeed. Indeed. Can I, can I say though, I'm, I'm kind of jealous you have glasses. I've never told you guys, but my eyesight's kind of fucked. Well, then you should probably be wearing glasses. (laughs) Well, no, it's not. So when I say it's fucked, I don't mean like both eyes. Like both eyes are different. So my right eye, perfect vision. I can see things really far away and really up close. It's like fantastic. It's better than most people. Uh, But my left eye, complete dog shit. I can't read anything. I've tried various people's glasses over the years. Nothing makes it better. It's just I went to the optometrist years ago. He said it's a lazy eye. It just doesn't work as hard as my right uh-huh. eye. And I could exercise it, but it's really hard to do to close my right eye all the time because that's what I use my entire freaking life. Yeah. And, so... and there's there's an actual term for it, but I don't remember the term. There are glasses you can get for it, but yep. the lens that's blurry is like thicker than a freaking Coke bottle. <laughs> and then on the yes. other eye, you just need normal glass. It's really weird. Now you can fix that with contact lenses now. Maybe I should check that out because I you you can completely fix it with contact lenses. But to train your lazy eye, and I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I I have one and it kind of wanders a little bit. But I've never noticed that. Um, uh, it it doesn't do it much, but it was a lot worse, especially when I first woke wake up in the morning. But um, if you take a piece of cardboard and put a pinhole through it, yeah, and like hold it right here on your face, yeah, and then just stare through the pinhole with your lazy eye that is the workout that you need no lie is that that for straightening it out you mean straightening it out and, okay so mine, and, mine's, and strengthening it yeah so mine mine's not like a wandering eye or anything it's it's like if they're in sync in terms of movement uh and placement it's literally just everything's blurry but strength strengthening it is what i need for sure for so sure give, but also you need a damn eye doctor yeah, because this is going to sound weird, but I've always wondered what it'd be like to look out of both eyes. <laughs> then, and, yeah, you definitely need an eye doctor. <laughs> yeah, like I do theoretically, like realistically, not theoretically, realistically, I do look at both eyes. But mm-hmm. this side of my face is like it's just off in the distance. Like it's it's my peripheral. It's not my main. Right? I understand. I got you. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. It's so weird. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's oh, me. We got some podcast news. What we've done, you guys, anybody out there listening can go check us out. www, of course, dot thegeekmatrixpod.com forward slash links. It has links to everything that we're at, the stuff you're watching on us now. We are streaming currently on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or no, excuse me, YouTube twitch twitter instagram and kick and you can get uh links to all of those plus our uh instagram our discord tiktok 
eventually. Even our Steam community ID will be up on there. And of course, you can get links to our sub stacks or our uh, comic reviews right there on the website. So uh, visit and love it because we're the best there is. Yeah. The also, best there like, was yeah. and the best, best there ever will ever be. Will be. oh god i love that opening guitar riff from from the heart music absolutely i'm not in love with natalia's wrestling but i love that intro (laughs) i don't know how you could not yeah don't know how you could not also it's it's not twitter anymore it's x no it's not it's okay then you know the closest i'm gonna get to it is calling it twitix Twix. Twix. So there's I I'm, would say Twix, but you know, I mean I like Twix more than that. It's that's Twix. Fair. Yeah. Definitely uh, Twix. Do you like left Twix or right Twix better? Oh my friend, it is always the left. Right on. Hell yeah. Uh so I have realized though that that uh Twitter is now called X for a reason, and that's because it's uh, the social media that everybody used to use. It's, ah, it's, ah, 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 ah. it's like their ex, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. That when, is gorgeous. I when, will be using it too. When people said Elon Musk was a futurist, they didn't realize how true it was. Like he he called that shit when he renamed it X. <laughs> right, ain't that yeah. the truth? Yeah. So get hand cream, Josh. Take it away. You forgot hand cream. Josh, take it away. All right. Um, then I guess the first thing th- th- that I will do is officially welcome everybody. It is episode 176 or our Legacy Week that we have lined up with DC's Legacy Weeks as to our, the best of our knowledge. Legacy Week 4,532. Episode 136, in reality, we have been out here for quite some time. Notice to pick up in our listenership on Spotify, so we want to thank you guys for that. Um, again, uh, getting in on everything from our, our Twitter to our Blue Sky, what you're really missing is access to our Discord. It is $2.99 a month. You get in there, you get to hang out with awesome people like Rob and Brandon, Kirk and Caitlin, Jess and Jeremy, and Isaiah, too. He's usually cool. <laughs> um, and I'm there to argue with everybody as well. Uh, so you there, get there are to... rare moments you agree with, Josh. There's it does, it does happen. Rare moments that really I am agreed rare. with, but yeah. um, <laughs> we keep it civil for the most part. Uh, and um, y'all need to get there. All of our podcast episodes get put there, show IDs get put there. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it's, you're missing out. Really, you are. <laughs> it's, it's a damn shame nobody's joined us. It, uh, it, over the course, see, we started off with Slack. Slack's a little limited. I got talked into moving to Discord. I didn't know nothing about Discord. Got talked into moving into Discord. Discord itself is pretty fun. You get all these neat little bots that come in there. But let me tell you that over the course of the past three years... Has it been three years? Uh, it's I, going yeah, on three well, years. Yeah. I think Brandon uh, said that next February will be the the third anniversary of me and him joining. 
that sounds about right. So or roughly second, second anniversary. It would be the beginning of year three. The beginning of year three. Yeah. So roughly that long. And our Discord has become my favorite place on the internet. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Because there's but, um there's no animosity. And if there is, it's very tame. <laughs> right? That's why that's where the, that's where our closer came from. Uh in the Geek Matrix, you're not alone. In the Geek Matrix, everybody has a home. Right Got people of all different kinds there, and we all manage to get along. Maybe yeah. that's because there's a face to the name and we're not hiding behind a weird icon on Reddit. But nonetheless, we're all very nice. And uh you should be hanging out with us. Yes, it costs money to hang out with us, but I mean, we're worth it. Yeah. We taste better than Starbucks. <laughs> don't don't alienate people yet. <laughs> <laughs> I I've had many an argument about people with Starbucks and just it's either bitter and disgusting as shit or it's way too sweet to the point it's no longer coffee. It, there's there's no middle ground. I've had but, regular well, the Starbucks one thing coffee. Is... It sucks. Yeah, so you either have way too sweet, which is it's no longer coffee, yeah. or you have burnt coffee. Yep. It is literally burned. It's done so on purpose and intentionally. It's part of their part of their recipe. Starbucks coffee sucks. Yeah, I really don't understand how the hell it picked off. No, the the best fast food, and I will classify Starbucks as fast food because if you think it's not you're wrong but the best the right the 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 best coffee out there that you can get through a chain drive-through that i have found in all of my 762 years is tim hortons the best oh god buddy (laughs) the best okay that does that does does not time since you've had tim horton's coffee (laughs) it has been a long time i have i have fond memories of tim horton's coffee can i can i just tell you right now you've made two big coffee opinions Uh don't alienate half our fan base please (laughs) you you just pissed off most of canada by, oh, by saying Tim Hortons Tim's is good the coffee, the best coffee. Most Canadians will say McDonald's is better. <laughs> oh God, no! Yeah. McDonald's is hot water. It doesn't even taste. There's no taste to McDonald's coffee. Of course, here, of up course, here it's a lot better. Countries are different. Yeah. Um, I oh, still Tim's have yet coffee to go down to, there. Might be good. I still have yet to go to a McDonald's in the United States and find a pizza. However, (laughs) I had been to uh, Canada many, many, many times. And on three separate occasions, quite a number of years apart, I went and all of them had a McPizza. So when the fuck was that? Oh, gosh. Early 2000, between early 2000 and 2010, you could go and it was about this big, like a personal pan pizza. And they called it the McPizza. I don't remember this. And this is Southern Ontario you're talking about because that's where you went. Yeah, yeah. That's where I yeah. live. I never right. saw that. <laughs> that's crazy. That's insane. No way. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm a little annoyed. <laughs> that had to have been like small town. No, well, I mean. Not GTA. Was... Sarnia. Fuck. Yeah. I want to say Sarnia. Up north. Yeah. Bloody Sardians. It's Make really it a, weird there. A home for Letterkenny and Shorzy. 
make Sarnia a, a home for Letterkenny. Oh, no, that's 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 where they film it. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Things look a little run down there. <laughs> yeah. So that's why when they say like in the show, Shorzy takes place in Sarnia, that's because that's where it's filmed. Oh, I guess I never noticed that before. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Those were my stomping grounds for a long, long, long time. Also, speaking of Letterkenny and Shorzy, this marks T minus uh, 16 days until the airing of the final season of Letterkenny. Rest in peace, ye great show. 12 seasons. Hell of an undertaking. Indeed. Which means... As soon as it's over with, I'm going back and binging the whole thing. Oh, you have to, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Specials included. So I, I have a dilemma now as well. Like I, years ago, I think just before, just after season six or around season six airing, found at Walmart on a good deal, the first five seasons in one box set. Oh, no. So how how do I go about getting the rest? Do I wait for all twelve seasons in a box set, or do I just buy the other seasons by themselves? You know what you do. You buy the other seasons by themselves. Uh-huh. Wait for the full box set to come out, right? And then just look for the case. Genius. I like it. I like it. I don't know how I'm gonna find yeah. just the case, but I'll I'll figure. eBay it out. bitches. <laughs> That's just how like, you uh, find everything you can't find. Just like Futurama, years ago, I had I think it was just after the movies had come out. Uh, Amazon had a deal Futurama, the whole series on DVD, and I bought it. And since then, it came back on Comedy Central, and now it's back on Hulu. And there's like five more seasons <laughs> than what were initially in that box set. Uh, so again, I, I think I have now what's conferred to as a relic. It says Futurama, the complete series, and it only goes up to season six. Oh, then I'm going to say, yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Uh, side news on my part. We cleaned up back here. Fucking finally. Maybe that's why I'm so sick. I don't know. <laughs> Clean, cleaning makes you sick. All we we switch sides, so all my stuff is over here. Uh, still got to organize it. Once I build my computer, I'll have a bit more space here too. But I got all my Gundams, I got my Green Lantern comics in full display, and I got like a whole bunch of reading material just sitting here waiting for me. It's a beautiful thing. Burger King, uh, yeah. Suck at Kirk. Burger King rocks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right, that was actually the, the uh, not really a discussion, more of a debate we had on the Let's Fight channel, which is really just fights about food, of best fast food breakfast. And Kirk is convinced that Burger King is just disgusting, but maybe that's just the ones in Saskatchewan. I don't know. The ones around here aren't bad. They're better than McDonald's most of the time. Everything is better than McDonald's. Most I I agree. I actually wholeheartedly agree. And I do. So as much as I'll say McDonald's coffee is better than Tim Hortons, uh, it's actually harder for me to get McDonald's coffee than Tim Hortons coffee. Like Tim's is in abundance around here, so I do still drink it, and I enjoy it to the for the most part. It's not that great, but it gets me through the day. 
And I can hear Canadians already yelling at me. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh yeah, I also organized up here. And I, I actually really like this setup I did. With the... Uh, fuck, it's not going to go, is it? The uh, lanterns. I got them in rainbow pattern. Wait a second. Can't, can't see on. the... Can't see the star sapphire and blue lantern over there, but no, I saw. Yeah. I did. I oh, saw shit. that. Uh... Oh shit! I think I unplugged my camera. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, fuck. <laughs> That's not good. Okay, bear with me. Sorry, you were saying you think you saw. I think I saw that when. Um... When you shared those pictures in uh, in Discord yeah, with us, yeah, yes, yes, you did. All right, everything seems to be streaming beautifully. We are live on Twitter, streaming easy, nice, pretty much everything. And we are streaming on Facebook as well. Didn't know if those two were going to do it, but we are good and golden. I like seeing that. Still can't see you, though, Rob. I'm working on it. I don't know what the hell happened. It looks like you unplugged your camera. The thing is, it's not unplugged. Is there a button on here I don't know about? It could have gotten wiggled a little bit in your USB port, and the only way to fix that is to unplug it and plug it back in. Yeah, the thing is, the light is still on. It just says it's off. Right, so you're going to have to unplug it and plug it back in. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. I'll be right back. And he'll be right back. And while we are waiting for Rob to show back up, man, it's been a fun episode already. All right. So this week we are going to be talking about here in our main show, we're going to be talking about Birds of Prey number four, Shazam number six, Poison Ivy number 17, and Blue Beetle number four. With that's far from all of the comic books that have been released this week. There's also been Fire and Ice, Welcome to Smallville, number four, Batman, Santa Claus, Silent Night, number one, Superman, 78, The Metal Curtain, number two, Batman, number 140, Beast World, Waller Rising, and Beast World Tour Metropolis. Those are all out. We'll be covering the rest of those books. The ones not on the main show, we'll be covering those in our bonus spotlight show where we put all of the best books and uh, books that just didn't have a, a, a enough room for the main show. So that's where you will catch us, uh, catch us doing those over there on our discord. Um, uh, they are always uploaded on Friday at noon. So uh, make sure you get that. Yep. Book market. Love it. And um Respect it. And respect it. Respect my authority. Um, but that, that those are the issues that we are going to cover. And with us already well on the way, I suppose that we should 
probably um, get into the books. I think so. Also, next week, can I can I just say before we get into next uh, before we get into that, next week we see the release of Batman. Oh, fuck off, Luther! Uh, <laughs> Batman was at four seventy eight. Yes. 428, 428. Oh, uh, Jason Todd. Jason Todd. Facsimile edition, or is it calling it the faux simile edition, which is a reprint of book three of the four-part Death in the Family. I think it's book three. Um, uh, Where Jason Todd was killed, but this ends with him surviving. It's the alternate cut of what would happen if he lived. Uh, And I'm hoping... I am really hoping that it leads to some kind of Elseworld story. Like it seems really random for it to be coming out now. No, because it's Hopefully not, it's not right really an anniversary or anything, is it? Some uh, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. No. Um, so with the big focus that's be- going to be placed on Jason Todd, like I'm assuming there's going to be then I guess that this makes a little bit of sense. But I don't care if there's a reason behind it or not. I'm just oh. happy to read it. <laughs> oh, my uh, 35th anniversary, actually. Oh, 35th. That doesn't even count. No. That doesn't even count. But... um. Back to catching up and doing the books. I suppose I should go ahead and get on that. Yeah, give we, us the honorable mentions. Uh, I already did that. Uh, you, you, you missed out on that, but uh-huh. I'm ready to kick uh-huh. off our full All analysis. Right. All right, let's do it. <laughs> with Birds of Prey number four, written by Kelly Thompson, art from Leonardo Romero, colors by Jordi Belair, lettering by Clayton Cowles, and the cover came from Romero and Belair as well. So we are right in the heat of battle from where we picked up last time, or rather where we left off last time. The one thing that they wanted to avoid happens. Diana shows up. Zealot, don't call her Zealot. Zealot and Diana start going at it, but not for long. Diana flies off, but she's taken out by some banshee grenades that Black Canary and Zatanna had apparently made quite a while ago, though to be honest, I cannot remember that happening. Not a big deal, though. Barta starts whooping the daylights out of Diana. I mean, really beating her. Does the whole Bane backbreaker thing the whole nine yards. Unfortunately, Barta calls Diana princess one too many times, and Diana is fed up and gives her a one-punch knockout. (laughs) After a lot more battling, one of the Amazons gets sin and holds a knife against her neck. Now... Barda, Zealot, Harley, and Black Canary are all sitting in prison with power dampeners on because of that. Sin, however, stays with Diana in her protective custody. While under the influence of the lasso, Barda told Diana that they were there to rescue Sin and all of them mascara from something called Majira. It sounds like a, a character um, from the Godzillaverse. Uh, they realized that Penelope was the one that had the vision that said to take Sin in the first place. So Diana gives Sin her lasso and sets off to go find Black Canary. 
Majira has Bard's, Barda's Mega Rod, so it is doubly dangerous. It also has Diana, but throws her away when it confronts Team Canary, who Batgirl had saved from the prison cell. The last page shows us Harley, Black Canary, Batgirl, Barda, and Zealot ready to face off against the giant yuck with a face that is Majira. So, wow, man. Uh, fan meet shit, shit meet fan. <laughs> the action yeah. has been turned up to 11 in this one. The story progresses to the big bad, Majira, and the team ready to square off. It actually happened a whole issue sooner than I expected, which makes me happy because, because it means that uh, we won't be getting to a rush conclusion. As far as what happens in the next couple of issues, though, I've no clue. Um, yeah, I will, however, be, be making sure that I get to this one first next month. I am very excited to see what happens. The modern classic art style that I keep referring to in here, um, Romero and Bel Air employ, it is, it's one that I can definitely get behind. It's detailed, drawn well, and the colors are great. And if you, if you were to go, th if you were to put this through some dots, you wouldn't be able to tell that this wasn't an old school comic. Well, except for the fact that it's an all female cast, that would be a pretty good clue. But other than that, <laughs> man. This issue was great. Uh, it gets an 8 out of 10 from Josh. Bad timing on my part. Uh, wholeheartedly agree on the entire bloody thing. Oh, shit. Um, I, I, I want to preface this with a theory that... So, it was said early on... Sorry, who's the writer again? Uh, Kelly Thompson. Kelly Thompson, thank you. She she stated on, it might have been Twitter at the time, uh, that when, when she announced the team of five women for Birds of Prey, she did mention that the team might be changing as the stories go on. And I could definitely see if maybe um, Zealot leaves the team, but Wonder Woman takes over. That would be interesting. Takes her spot, even for even for just a story. I could see one woman on the team temporarily. Uh, if it's if it's a um, revolving team, I could definitely like. There's there's so many people that could be joining this team, and I can't wait to see where it goes. I've been waiting patiently for this story to wrap up to see who'd be on the team next arc. <laughs> if it's going to be the same, <laughs> or if it's going to be something different. Uh, but this this arc is just fucking awesome. Um, Agreed. This and I never thought of it as a kaiju, but as Josh M Majira, I was saying Magera, uh, who bloody knows, G's are weird. Um, this kaiju of a godlike being is like Diana couldn't really put a dent in it, and you have five women with nowhere near the strength that Diana does. What, what are they gonna do? But I don't doubt that they could do it, um, especially with Dinah's. Battle cry at the end. Birds kick its ass. Love it. Birds kick its ass. Yep. Uh, it's it's got a bit of everything. The art is is really fucking well done. It really suits the story well. Um, and it really does have have a bit of everything in terms of the story. It's got action. It's got comedy from Harley. It's got serious action moments from Barda and and uh, Zealots. 
Um, and it's, it's just interesting. Even like, I gotta say, I don't know if it's my favorite moment of the week yet, but that sequence of Cassandra just going up against Diana solo, pure brilliance. Oh, it was awesome. It was a work of fucking art. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Uh, I'm, I'm giving this an 8.75 out of 10, quite honestly. It's one of my favorite books of the year right now. Awesome. Yeah, run That's away. good to hear. Runaway hit. Uh, and Brandon has sent me, <clears throat> excuse me, sent me his notes. Let me just take a sip of water. Um, uh, he says, oh man, where to begin issue four? And I'm still crazy about this book. Yeah, that seems like a good place to start. Barda nearly taking down Wonder Woman. Kind of pointless, but undeniably cool to watch. It's just a fun-ass Birds of Prey book. What more do you want? With three fairly, really solid issues so far, I'm surprised to say this issue is probably my favorite. The drama, the action, the Barda. Wait, <laughs> sorry, Rob, don't read that part out loud. Otherwise, Mr. Miracle is going to come for my skinny ass. Whoops, sorry, Brandon. Uh, Too late. If you hear a boom, start running. Uh, but hey, what <laughs> exactly made this issue so work so well? It felt like finally all the characters have settled into where they're supposed to be, especially Dinah, Zealot, and Harley. Dinah is really embraced her role as the leader of the Weird Birds lineup. Zealot is fully committed to the mission, and Harley, well, she's just doing her best. But quite honestly, Brandon, her best is fucking awesome right now. And yes, while some people are still pissed that Harley is part of the team, I think she worked really well on this issue. What's killing me right oh, now yeah. is the mystery of what exactly Megara wants from Sin and how exactly this ties into this alternate future with Meridian. I suppose we'll just have to wait to find out. Ugh, I need just more now. Uh, how about Leonardo Romero? Pretty good at that art stuff, am I right? I'm so glad they've recruited him over for Marvel. He's absolutely <laughs> killing it on these pages right now. That whole sequence with Cass sneaking around in the trees, genius type shit. Um, okay, and then he, he vamps a bit. Who's, who's your favorite bird of prey right now? Who's mine? Yeah. Bruh, come on. Cass. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, course. Easy. Uh, what what do you think? Batgirl. Is... Batgirls are always the best ones on the team. Oh, yeah, it's Batgirl. It's cats. What, what what do you think is Brandon's? Brandon's favorite member of the team. It's gonna be Zealot or Barda, and we see he's got a soft spot for the gods, but he's also got a soft spot for the cats. Mm. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna is... say I'm gonna say Big Barda. Big Barda. Well then, so he goes on to say, you probably think I'm gonna say Dinah or Cass. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's actually Zealot. So you were really oh, close okay, to Josh. Yeah. Right. Uh who would have thought she'd make for such an interesting team member on a mainstream DC team, no less. Still fairly clandestine, but much more exposed, I should think. Also, when are we going to get backstory on Xana's relationship to the Amazons? I'd take a whole issue for that, or a one-shot special written by Kelly Thompson, of course, in a heartbeat. 8.5 out of 10. Right on. Agreed. Agreed. Excellent. Excellent, excellent work, man. Yeah. Uh, we have... We have a little bit of chaos, a little bit of mystery... A little bit of ass kicking. A little bit of magic. And, uh, what? A little bit of magic. And a little bit of magic. 
Yeah. Uh, a little bit, I suppose, with the uh, the Banshee grenades. It's yeah. weird to say, but I feel like this issue may have at least those things in common with the next one. Exactly. Especially the magic. <coughs> Excuse me. This is Shazam number six. Is it six already? Wow. It is six already. Six already. Oh, man. I forgot to queue up the credits page. Bear with me. <laughs> Written by Mark Wade, art uh, by Dan Mora, colors by Alejandro Sanchez, lettering by Troy Petiri, with that cover brought to us from Dan Mora as well. Did you just have it written down? Yes, of course. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I have everything written Fair enough. down. It's the only way I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, thank you, Josh, for the credits. As soon as I got to them, you started saying them. But <laughs> thank you anyway. Um, all right, so we pick up where we left off last issue. Billy is confronted the gods at the Rock of Eternity, and he is basically telling him to fuck off or to, to, not really. Put up or shut up is more like it. Put up or shut up. Um, and that's put him up. Put him. Put him up. Put him up. <laughs> oh, you're good at that. So, like, can I can I tell you? I know that's a cowardly line, but every time I hear it. I think of oh my god, what's his name from Hanna Barbera cartoons? Uh oh oh Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss, Snaggle yeah, I think of Snagglepuss. I don't know why. He's got Just, the same. He's got the same, same kind same of voice. Cruise. Yeah, but I always think it's Snagglepuss saying that. I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> it's not Snagglepuss. <laughs> that's I hear that every time. But anyway, yeah. Um, and so Freddy shows up and says, Look, if Billy doesn't want the power, give me the power. I mean it. And this is where we, we pick up at the beginning of this issue, shocking the hell out of Billy and the gods. And uh, Freddy then whispers to Billy, Just go with it. I'm scamming them. Uh, just pretend to fight me. Uh, so they, they have a big fight mm-hmm. and talk to each other throughout. Uh, this is Freddy's buying him time for uh, backup to show up. And as they go on, try to figure out what the hell the gods are going through, and they realize that maybe, uh, you know, they, they figure out some shit about Mercury. He's a speedster, but also a trickster, so some shit's going on. And then they realize that the, the gods are taking over his mind, and and then Zeus uh, realizes that they're they're killing time, um, and realizes they're tricking him and threatens them. But that's when the backup shows up, and it is their excuse me, their family, their siblings, uh, Darla as Bullet Girl, Pedro as Mr. Atom, and Eugene as Eugene the Invincible, all equipped with various magical weapons and armor from the Rock of Eternity itself. Also, Mr. Dinosaur as Spy Smasher, (laughs) which is just awesome. And as Eugene calls them, the new Squadron of Justice. Uh, Billy and Freddy are just enamored. They're they're in shock and happy, and the gods just laugh their heads off. <clears throat> but that is when Darla, as Bullet Girl, um, and if you remember that that old character, I thought it was his name was it the Living Bullet or Bullet Man? Bullet Man. Bullet Man. I might be confusing From him with the Tick character. Back in the day, I think there was the Tick had a character called the the Human Bullet. Oh. Well then, yeah, you must. I remember be. that it was this guy that dressed up. He had the same kind of helmet, mm-hmm. and he had a cannon in his backyard. And he, when danger would arise, he'd climb into the cannon, and go fire me, boy, to his son, and his son would like shoot him across the city. Oh wow, fun times! 
No, the tick was fantastic. <laughs> did did you ever watch the tick? Back like the old cartoon? Very sporadically. I saw the yeah. live action show a few times too. Right. The the cartoon was fucking I mean I need to go rewatch that. That was just fantastic. Anyway, uh right, so Bullet Girl uh gives them what for uh shooting herself right through them, uh taking a couple of them down in the process, and then Pedro takes over. And Eugene gets in on the action. And even Mr. Dinosaur, Spy Smasher, his briefcase is like a TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. And he just sucks up Achilles. <laughs> oh, no, it's not, not Achilles. Who is that? Nah, it's one of them. One of the gods. He sucks up one of the gods in the briefcase. Uh, yeah. Atlas. It's Atlas. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Achilles is the one in the Ares helmet, which really confuses me. But that's besides the point. Um... Eugene also is carrying um, the Eldritch Ibistic, which seems to be a magical rod of unknown power. Uh, but it even turns Zeus into a duck, uh, which was quite funny for everybody involved. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't stop uh, Zeus because quite the quack. He's quite the quack. Yeah. He's quite um, the quack. Zeus is no stranger to turning himself into animals, though, since he slept with almost every species on Earth. Um, so he he turns himself back in a very disgusting fashion. Uh, tries to stop the action, but that's when Billy uses the one of uh, the magical tools uh, to teleport himself away and find Solomon away from the danger, up on a cliff, watching overhead. And Billy convinces Solomon to if he takes over um, Shazam's body or the captain's body, uh, the captain can use Solomon's wisdom at his fullest to. Uh, um, basically knock off the control that the other gods are trying to muster. Uh, and it, it works. It does just that. And then um, the captain then convinces Zeus, talking to him, that maybe if you want respect, you have to earn it. Go live with the people. Uh, do good things and help them instead of just trying to control them. Uh, and that is when Zeus agrees uh, and they head off their separate ways. The day is saved, uh, and as the family begins to put the tools back, Mr. Dinosaur sees the Chamber of Souvenirs, a.k.a. the closet, um, and is just like in love with the chaos that is within this Chamber of Souvenirs. He loves to organize things and keep things in night neat tidy order uh so billy offers him the job but he says no my supervisors would never allow it um besides i'm so behind on filing your records my um supervisors are on their way here just now to administer punishment and they are just that in a flying saucer a whole bunch of dinosaurs have arrived and they find parking space in a very flat area of planet earth which happens to be anybody kondok and that is I'm when not. black adam shows up to say you're violating my airspace fuck you uh and now next issue we're gonna have the captain versus black adam with space dinosaurs hell yeah um josh i know you've not been a big like lover of mark wade's current shazam run but i really hope this issue is kicking it off for you because it had a lot of fun and had a lot of history to it with the the new squadron of justice bullet girl uh, so so many throwbacks to older characters, which which really is, I think, in my opinion, the backbone of Shazam in this day and age. Being such an older character, and from like so many different comic books, 
uh, so many different comic companies. It's got such a wide girth of of interactions. Uh, it's it's just it's it's a prime magical specimen. And and this issue, while I do feel the ending might have felt a little flat or a little rushed, I still really enjoyed the story. And it was a lot of fun, and it really captured that childhood wonderment. I will say, and the art from Dan Moore is just fucking fantastic, as always. As you always. knew, you knew Black Adam was going to show up eventually. It's a Shazam book, so I'm happy to see it next issue. Good thing he wasn't the first story, though. Like, don't kick it off with Black Adam. Leave it for later. That's exactly what we're doing. Is showing up in issue seven. Uh, I, I'm giving this an eight point five out of ten. Solid first arc. I cannot wait to see where they take it from here. Oh. Man, um, of course, the art is amazing, as always. And Sanchez makes the gold that is Dan Mora shine even prettier. And we are on issue number six. Issue number six, and I finally got an issue that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it felt it felt very much like a Shazam book and a lot less like a Mark Wade of the day book. Um, although not feeling like a Shazam book, that's not been the biggest of the problems. That's n- neither here nor, nor there, other than to say I feel like leading up to this, it's kind of felt bland. And while the story has, for the most part, been bland, this takes it to another level. It was... It was really fun, and I enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Right on. Uh, Which I think might be the highest score I've given a Mark Wade book in a year. Might be. Might be. <laughs> Which is just still bloody crazy, but I, it, I, bro, I, if, I can't if, argue. I can't argue that. Two years ago, you would have asked me if I would ever shit talk a Mark Wade book. I'd ask you if there was something wrong with you. Yeah. Unfortunately, I got to be honest, and I can't just play favorites. Yeah. Life would be easier that way if I could play <laughs> favorites. I'd just not read the comic books that I don't like and just say they're shitty. So I was reading ahead on Brandon's notes. I, I can't wait to see his blue beetle review anyway (laughs) um yeah so he says new squadron of justice versus literal figures of greek myth perfection enough said also fuck dan mora is so good zomga i haven't heard that word in a long fucking time zomga z-o-m-g it's just it's so o-m-g it's z-o-m-g like you have to go straight to the end um every close-up of the captain is just gorgeous <laughs> no offense, millennials. I'm just kidding. I, I is Brandon even millennial? I, he might be Gen Z. Uh, honestly, I, dude, I don't know. All I know is that everybody other than boomers is younger than me. Pretty much. <laughs> I, technically, I'm on the. You're Gen X, aren't you? I'm. I'm in that weird three-year area between Gen X and Millennials. Well, the Gen Y is before you. What? Or Gen Y after you. Uh, It goes Boomers, Gen X, Millennials, and then then Gen Z. I know there's a Gen Y in there somewhere. I heard the one that comes after Gen Z is Generation Alpha. Yes. No, but Gen Y is like older. I thought oh. 
Mm. It was boomers. And then I guess it was X and then Y. Unless Y just doesn't exist anymore. Y just doesn't exist. It, that, that's because they started calling my little four-year group Xennials for Zennials. like a mix between Generation X and Millennials. Zen- yeah. Yeah. But, uh, all I know is everybody I, is everybody's either way older than I am or way younger than I am. And uh, I've got the attitude of a young person with the face of an old person. <laughs> you, you've got the attitude of a young person that you just said fucking millennials. <laughs> <laughs> well, Somehow there's something wrong with this picture. <laughs> I don't play Zom. That's all. It's or, it's or, it's not it's not used as much anymore. Or um, yeet. yeet. Well, neither yeah. is Jey Uso anymore. Can't. Doesn't stop God. my kids though. God. I I I'd always said it in our private chat on well, it's not really private. It's the wrestling group, but like I can't stand when people feel they need to trademark a word. It's a fucking word. Like mm-hmm. not not even for like like. A company, if it if it's like the title of something, that's one thing. But if it's just something you say on a regular basis, it's a catchphrase. Fuck you. <laughs> You're gonna trademark so like, that shit. Go fuck yourself. Well, that bazinga. That's I don't even think that's trademarked. Yeah, yeah, they own it. They own it. That's yep. stupid. Yeah. To that's be fair, why it wasn't like, on a whole lot more. I I hope products. they're the only ones that use it. I don't want it to be anywhere else because I fucking hate that word because <laughs> I hate that show. But uh, that's every just, everybody that's younger, yeah, hates that show. No, 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 no. It's not not everybody that's younger. It's everybody that's a real nerd hates that show because they hey, they, they, they know. A, I've been a nerd for a long time, and I laughed my ass off at that show. I don't hate it. It was funny for what it was. Like the just entire a, show or the first four seasons? I mean, I never, I can't say that I've ever watched uh, like a regular sitcom every single episode. Okay. Not, not even close, but I mean, yeah, I've, I've seen episodes from all of the seasons. They were, yeah. I never had a problem with it. Yeah. Painting okay. nerds in a negative light. I mean, stereotypes exist for a reason. They do, but they, they're is, usually true. This is taking it to a level where it's, it's not even like I I will watch. It. So the first four seasons, first two or three, maybe I thought were funny. And the more it went, because it instead of highlighting things about nerds that were funny, it took nerd culture and made it funny. And there there is a difference. It took nerd stuff and made it funny. And then later seasons, it instead of laughing alongside nerds was then just poking fun at nerds and laughing at them and the stereotypes were highlighted to a a bigger degree to the point that it was near insulting for people that would regularly do it but like they they'd also just put a laugh track in the weirdest spots so it's not even necessarily like insulting to a degree it just some of the jokes didn't make sense. Like they just weren't funny to me. <laughs> it's, it wasn't really, wasn't really funny. Um, though some people have done that with friends. They've posted videos of friends know. is fucking horrible. Now it's got funny <laughs> moments yeah. throughout the whole thing. It's, it's, it's got, it's got funny moments throughout every season. My wife is a friend's fanatic. 
Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed it every, is every episode. So wrong on so many fucking levels. Um, wow. Just listening to some of the episodes play now, it's like, Jesus, that, that would not fly today. Well, that's why not it came out in close. the 90s. <laughs> but it's like every single episode is like, whoa. <laughs> not like maybe that. not every single episode, but a lot. And then uh, Holly decided that, uh, well, not decided. She she said she was um, probably going to let uh, the the kids start watching, or our oldest son start watching Friends. And I'm like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> she was watching Friends at, at that time. And then right after it, it made a vague, vague reference to a blowjob. I'm like, see, <laughs> not okay. Not okay. In that episode, and, they were at the beach and, and, uh, Monica got stung by a jellyfish, so Chandler and Joey had to, they, they peed on her. <laughs> yeah, or the episode where they got free porn and wouldn't change the channel because they were afraid that they would lose it. Oh, God, yeah, Joey and Chandler. That was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Poison for the Mines. Shall we move on that's, to Poison for the, the Ivy? That's That's the 90s. Uh, yeah, let's do it, Poison Ivy. Before uh, Brandon scored 9 out of 10 for Shazam. Before I forget. Woo! Yeah. 9 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. He, does, he does love some Mark Wade. He does love some Shazam and Dan Mora. I mean, how can how, you how not? How could you not yeah. love it? Yeah. All right. Poison Ivy, number 17. Written by G. Willow Wilson. Art and colors by Luana Vecchio, uh, who is listed as guest. Excuse me, guest artist. Letters by Hassan Atsmani Alhau, and as always, a gorgeous cover from Jessica Fong. So the issue starts up with everybody waking up: Ivy, Harley, and Janet. Um, Janet sleeping in a different room. Janet okay. makes things a little weird because she wants to tell Ivy about what happened with Harley, and Ivy just assumes that it's about what happened with her and Janet. The end result is Janet feeling all messed up and us realizing that none of them know anything about what actually happened. Janet's stuck in the middle and we have on our hands, ladies and gentlemen, a thruple. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Ivy wakes up with really sore ribs, not associated with being a part of a thruple. As far and as, heads, as well, yeah. Um, but heads, she heads out to the swamp shack that she is outfitted as a lab. She's there working on making her cure. She does, but only in a very small amount. Turns out that we find out that Croc is naturally immune to the Lamy after he shows up in the shack and was literally eating the mushrooms and not getting infected. She wants to use his blood to help her, but he's scared of needles and says no way. So she's like, all right, then fine, whatever. She needs to make a massive amount of the cure to fix anyone in the early stages of the infection. She's got to start in Gotham because all of her Lamia offspring are being called to her. One such person actually shows up at the Swamp Shack right after she gets done saying that. And then more. Um, Ivy and Croc are trying to take them out and aren't doing the best. But that's when Solomon Grundy shows up. Not on a Monday. He doesn't like visitors in his swamp, and he lets the infected know. Then he goes after Ivy, uh, choking her, 
but then more infected show up and now it's Ivy, Croc, and Grundy against the new world that has sprouted from Ivy. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this issue was exactly what it needed to be. It acknowledged the Harl Ivnet situation and it moved the plot. Harl Ivnet. That's, that's, that's what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it moved the plot right into where, right into the battle phase, so to speak, which we knew was coming. I, for one, can't wait to see what Wilson can do here. The book, all 17 issues have been fantastic, but there's been very little actual action done in a big way. While Vecchio's style doesn't really match what we've seen in the issues so far, it's still really good and it serves the story well. Uh, line, color, light, and shadows, they're all great. I would say that the art is a bit more friendly. It's its softer, for sure, than what we normally see in here with Marcio yeah. Takara, but I, I love Takara's artwork. Um, and this was really good. The whole issue really works for me. I, I gave it an 8.25 out of 10. It's Night of the Living Spores basically has come to Gotham and I've been waiting for this uh, yeah. pretty much ever since Harley came back to Gotham uh, or was at least on her way back. I've been waiting for this to happen. Um, it's exciting. It's interesting. The, the art is still really good. Well, well I agree with Josh, not as catching as Takara. It's still quite good. <clears throat> um, who was it did the art again? And this one. And, and this one, Luana Vecchio. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not familiar, but it's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. The moments where Ivy turns into like battle Ivy, I guess. Like, I've been that's one thing I've been loving about the series that she's got this whole other form when she's poison Ivy versus just regular Ivy. Um, it's really cool to see, yeah. but there's there's been this divide whether or not it's all in her mind and it's just how she sees herself versus it's how she actually looks. And now we're getting a clearer look at this with a different art style. It's, it's actually how she looks. She turns yeah. into this alternate form that looks fantastic. Like it, Queen Ivy, but yeah. infected with the, the Lamia. Yeah. Lamia. It's definitely like a new power set for Ivy, uh, even more so. It's it's scary to look at, but it's beautiful and it's powerful. It's so interesting. Um, and this issue, I think, highlights it the best. Uh, not too much realistically happened in this issue. If you look at the whole story, you had awkward thruple stuff, and then you had Ivy talking with Croc, and then you had them fighting zombies. Um, still fucking fun as hell. And what? Because <laughs> I called them zombies? Because you're muted. I had to look it up. I was like, I've said that a million different ways, so I had to look it up. It's Lamia. Okay. Oh, yeah. Lamia, Lamia, Lamia. Yeah. There's many different ways, but okay. Lamia. Um, I don't even know what else to say about the issue. Solomon Grundy was expected, but also a welcome surprise in a way, um, at least in the way he showed up. Yeah, because it was we we know that he lives in Slaughter Swamp, but there was just 
there wasn't a whole lot forecasting it other than a number of issues ago when Croc gave Ivy the swamp shack that 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 he said there's not that there's other people in the swamp that aren't quite so friendly. Yeah, and you you could telegraph that that's Grundy because mm. that's basically his home. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if even Swamp Thing shows up at some point. I know he's from a different swamp, but but it's still the green, so. He's everywhere, baby. Yeah. Um, fuck, I, I, I honestly don't even know how to sc- like what to score this. Like, I want to give it high, but it's not like amazing. Oh, that's fucking eight point seven five out of ten. It's <laughs> a solid issue. That's pretty damn high. Yeah. Uh, what was your score for it? I gave it an eight point two five out of ten. Okay, not too far off. And Brandon said it was read Poison Ivy or submit my final assignment for Global Cinema. Sorry, kids. So, <laughs> understandable. I get it. But damn, Brandon, I hope you enjoy this issue when you do get a chance to read it, if you haven't already. Indeed, because let's be honest. If, if you don't get a chance to read this, it's really going to bug you. <laughs> yeah, I, I am sick with a bug. No, you miss every transition I set up for you. No, I, I caught it. One. I was, I was, making, <laughs> I made the transition for the first one. <laughs> yes, Don't I, I said the magic in this one? I was, I was making a joke. I caught the transition, I just chose to ignore it. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I needed to text back my boss. Apparently, I called in sick today because I'm sick because I do have a, a bug. That's why I said that. Uh, cold. And apparently a lot of people are sick. And a lot of people called in today. <laughs> oh, so, no. Yeah. So I'm not alone. You are uh, alone. I am not alone. In You're the in Geek, Geek Matrix, Matrix. Of course. I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Blue Beetle number four. Oh, shit. One second. Uh, app's messing up for me. Oh my God! Written by Josh Trio. Art I got, by. It. <laughs> got it. I got it. No, <laughs> it's just the app. The app glitched for a second. It it just. Oh, what the fuck! It glitched again. There's no. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. Couldn't find the fucking credits page. Yes, it's written by Josh Trio with art from Adrian Gutierrez, colors from Will Quintana and Nick Filardi, letters from Lucas Catoni. And a beautiful cover from Gutierrez and Luis Guerrero. Interesting, Luis Guerrero. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even catch it was a different colorist. Um, hold the phone. Uh, not the, even near my phone. The cover artist is the same as the interior. Somehow, I don't believe mm, that. The, <laughs> the, the line work, the colorist is different. Yeah, but like even the pencils look so different. On on Beetle? Yeah. Nah, I mean, not far just, off, but... That's just more time. That's all. All right, fair enough. <sighs> Sorry, bear with me. Bearing. Being, being sick sucks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. So, Brenda is with... Ugh, excuse me. Shiza. 
Uh, Victoria Accord, when she gets a huge bouquet of flowers from none other than Lex Luthor uh, to say sorry about Ted, and she just burns them because, you know, she doesn't want to deal with mad scientists. Plus, he's in prison. Um, that opens Brenda's eyes a little bit, so just what the fuck is up with Victoria? But we'll we'll get into that a little later, I imagine. Kaimi <clears throat> um, is still working at his, uh, his aunt's diner. Uh, over time, just cleaning up the place for like the fifth time, and as his aunt say, uh, just go home. Like, I know you're worried about what happened to Ted, you want to protect us, but we'll be okay. Go take care of some stuff. And as he leaves, he is found by Uli of the Horizon, and says we should take a walk. And walk they do. Um, just as Paco uh, goes up to Ziomara, on the outskirts of the Horizon um, compound, if you will, town, uh, and tries to cheer her up a bit with the flower and check up on her. As he says, he's checking up on everyone, but says we grab a quick dinner and head right back, and she says fine, which he celebrates with a nice cheer. (laughs) Uh, We then see in Egypt the blood scarab is still alive and has worked his way out of the sand from underground, uh, the scarab uh, is basically telling him he's failed and says, you must continue or you will die. And as we find out, his name is Javier Balsualdo. I looked him up. Don't recognize the name. As far as I know, there's been no DC Comics character prior to this, so he's brand freaking new. But at least we have a face of the name. Now the mystery is where the fuck he came from and why the fuck he's doing this. We shall see. Um, so, catching up with Uli and Jaime, they are on a, a long excursion, um, checking stuff out, <clears throat> just talking about the safety of the horizon. Jaime's position as the Blue Beetle and what they were doing there. She shows off a bit of his her own abilities with technology, that she basically controls it, as, as most, if not all, of the horizon can, but hers is more powerful. And then she says at the end that she enjoyed their date, which freaks out Jaime a little bit. Uh, and then he flies off in his beetle suit, calling up Starfire. Also a little nod to the movie. Uli is wearing a shirt that says Zolo on it, X-O-L-O, for Zolo Madurena, who played Jaime in the live-action movie. Nice little nod there. I like that a lot. I think you're muted again, Josh. I was, but it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Not being muted. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Um, Sent over with uh, Paco and Ziomara. They have their own little discussion uh, about Jaime and uh, her role <clears throat> as, I think she's Nitida. I still got to figure out which one. I keep forgetting which one's which. Uh, but her own Beetle persona. Um, and just her, her place and all this and saving people. And she's, she's not too, um, confident in her own abilities, but Paco is, and, and gives a brief history on Jaime and Wait. how, Oh, okay. Never mind. You're talking about the girl that's with Paco, Paco right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is the gold beetle. Yeah. But they have their own, they have their own like names. There's Natita and I don't remember the other one. We're going to go with gold beetle. 
Okay, gold beetle. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Shoot, so. we can't go with gold beetle. There's another one that's already called gold beetle. Damn it! Oh yeah, and she's awesome. Very, very, very awesome. Damn. Yeah. All right. So, all I right. That sounded familiar. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Ziamara is her yeah. civilian name. That'll um, work. Yeah. Um, right. So she's not too confident in herself. Paco gives a rundown of Jaime's history and how no matter what odds were stacked against him, he fought through because he needed to. Like, it, you can't let that happen. Uh, and it won't happen. And he's always got Jaime's side, and Jaime's always got their side. Uh, and with that, between loyalty and love, uh, and Paco says that she's part of the family now, that just brings her closer to him, and they share a kiss. Uh, but as that happens, Fadeaway shows up, along with gimmicks, uh, <laughs> which old old Beatle villains, if you will, Um uh, to which Paco's like, oh, fuck this, because he, he can't catch a break either. Uh, they're they're there to help out, or at least do do something to help save their butts. Uh, but now Jaime is right. met up with Starfire uh, to try and get the skinny, or try to try to get some advice, if you will, um, and how, like, after his talk with Uli, uh, Uli basically said that he needs to find a way to make that final move because he hesitated in the desert to kill the Scarab, or Blood Scarab, because uh, he, he's not a murderer, but he says he thinks he needs to because Blood Scarab knows a lot more about him than he likes. Um, and that he's he's full of anger and stress and he doesn't know what to do. Starfire says you don't need to. There will always be another way, but Jaime's doubled down on his resolve that maybe this is the only way. And Starfire says no matter what, we will be on your side. Um, so then Jaime heads off to Victoria Cord in a surprise meeting and asks her, if you wanted to kill someone like me, how would you do it? To which she leaves with, that's an in, what an interesting thought. Uh, because if anybody would have had the technology to kill him, and therefore the blood scarab, it would be her. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, very tame issue. Very, very, very tame issue this week, or this month. Uh, I still love the art. I'm still loving the story. Um but this felt like like a stepping stone issue where there's not as much plot progression. It's just like, okay, let's get some people where they need to be, uh, which is not a problem. Uh, it was just very, like I said, a very tame issue. Um, still rather enjoyed it. We'll see next issue where it all leads and what's going to be happening going forward. Uh, it's number four, so we're not too far into the story. I think it's well-placed for where we are. Uh <clears throat> But between Paco and Jaime having their romantic evenings was a lot of fun. Uh, very interesting to see Paco and Ziamara get really close that way. Um, and <clears throat> I'm so happy it's happening. Like, I think it's really cool. And now Jaime's got... So I, I'm still going through, like, the old Beale stories. But Glimmer and... Or gimmicks and... Um, maybe, like, fucking... Fade away. Fade away, thank you. They were villains, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it's interesting that you know these villains are now on his side, and they're there to help. Uh, that his his little family, his little familia, as uh, Paco calls it, is is really growing. So it's it's nice to see. I give this uh, eight eight point five out of ten. 
very solid issue. It's been a runaway hit for me, even from graduation day leading into this has been, again, one of my favorite books of the year. <clears throat> Easily. It's, yeah. it's just good. Yeah. It it's it's the good. the second best Sentai book on the market right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did, no, uh, I, I've, I've yet to read any of the Radiant stories, so it might be the third best Sentai book. I on hear, the, I hear the Radiant stories are are flat out amazing. Yeah, that's what I hear. I only, yeah. I've only read Radiant Black, but it's it's good, man. Yeah. Good stuff. And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers at Boom Studios is just grade A stuff right now. So. It's hard to compete with the OG. Supposed to be getting a live action movie coming soon, aren't we? I just I, saw I, I don't even know. That. It could be. Like, they are now rebooting the series. Like, in Maybe terms that's of. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the actual Rangers run, like, they just did Cosmic Fury earlier this year, and that basically, like, tied up the entire. Like from Mighty Warfare Power Rangers to this, that's one long shared universe story. And that's just like, okay, it's done now. Now we're going to start over. Right on. A little crazy, but we'll see where it goes. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I but mean, anyway. the worst thing that could happen is that they just forget it. That that could be the worst. Yeah. Or they'd follow the movie that we got that would be pretty fucking bad anyway blue beetle <laughs> blue beetle for me um i gotta say for a number four it feels like the story is exactly where it should be we needed a little breathing room to set things up and for people to become more familiar with the horizon and get the setup for the story but let me tell you man um the story is great the conflict going on with Jaime is coming out of nowhere. Him grappling with the idea of killing somebody and then pretty much deciding to do it. Um, didn't see that coming. No. I want to say Starfire is a little misleading when she says, we'll stand behind, we'll stand, we'll still stand with you. We'll support you, whatever. We'll be there with you. Yeah, it doesn't um, sound like Starfire. She will. She, she will, because she can overlook that kind of shit, but... Um, Batman definitely won't. Nightwing definitely won't. I mean, she forgives her sister every fucking time, so she kind of has to. Yeah. Um, but uh, every issue that I read makes me want to read the next one. Uh, mm -hmm. That's writing done right. And the art in here from Guterres is, it's my favorite of the week, easily. Um, the colors that go with it really do their job. I'm really impressed, like really impressed with the lighting and the shadows in this book. It is perfect. I have always been a Blue Beetle fan, and this series is doing nothing at all to change that. It only makes me like it more. I give it an 8.75 out of 10. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm setting up my bat lanterns. Uh, Brandon has to say, oh, excuse me. No. Ah, man, Jaime's one of the best, isn't he? And even more yes. then, he's got some of the best, most underrated supporting characters. Paco, Brenda, the Reyes family, Ted, and now Ziamara, Victoria, Uli. Uh, they're all just so super lovable. 
Most people would bemoan having a side plot where Paco and Ziamara go on a date, but not me. That's My Impatient Friends is a way to help flesh out all your characters, and it's fun as hell. Even seeing Jaime and Uli get around Palmera City was great. Really, that's what made this book super interesting for me. The characters. The Beatles stuff is an interesting plot, but I'm invested in how Jaime is continuing to grow into his new life and status. It's just great stuff. Also, is it just me, or was there something kind of romantic between the moment between Jaime and Corey? I sincerely hope that is not the case, because she is way too old for him, and also, e, what the fuck, how could she? I mean, it's not the <laughs> first time she's shacked up with a human that wears a blue and black suit. No, not not even close, but yeah, I don't think that's... I didn't get that at all. I no, didn't, I really, I didn't like, pick that up. I, I could see where it could be perceived that way because of the backdrop of the moon, and the mm-hmm. coloring there, but I really like the conversation was decidedly not romantic. Yeah, so, I didn't, I didn't pick yeah. that up at all. Um, also, the tease at the end that Jaime might kill the blood scarab. Oh shit, Rob! Can you pull up that meme of Homelander saying it's perfect because that's how I'm feeling? My biggest regret is not getting my copy of Blue Beetle number one signed by Adrian Gutierrez at NYCC Manwada, and then he goes, "Oh my God, shut up about Comic Con. We get it. You think you're so cool, Rob and Josh, probably." <laughs> oh my God, shut up about Comic Con. You think you're so cool? We get it. God, probably. yeah. <laughs> uh, Nine point two five out of ten from him. Excellent. Did I give my score? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> I think it's 8.5. Right on. 8.5 yeah. it is. Yeah. If that's not what it was before, that's what it is now. Exactly. All right. I guess that wraps things up. Yeah. You want to do a uh, top three? Let's do it. Should, I, should did, we start did, with Brandon's? Yeah, let's start with Brandon's. Okay, so he had at number three, Birds Prey, at number two, Shazam, and at number one, Blue Beetle. With his favorite moments, I just has, uh, excuse me, Ooh, excuse me, a uh, little cut out of the image here, so I got to figure it uh, It's the end of the date where Uli uh, says it's a date, and then Jaime kind of freaks out and then flies off. <laughs> yeah, that's his favorite moment. Hey, Josh, what do you got? All right, so mine are almost like Brandon's, up to uh, including the issue that the favorite moment comes out of. uh, Number three, I gave to Birds of Prey. Two is Poison Ivy, and one goes to Blue Beetle. And my favorite moment actually occurred in a caption box. Um, When... uh, Victoria was speaking. We got a caption box and it says for more dead chords, check out blue beetle number two from 1967 <laughs> and forever evil. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that shit made me giggle. Yeah. Easily got my that favorite was, moment. That was funny. <laughs> it was for more about dead chords. <laughs> that was great, man. That was <laughs> What about you, Rob? Okay. So, it's really hard to pick a top three out of these four because I enjoyed all four of these books, but I will say Blue Beetle is an honorary number four because it it realistically is number three, but Poison Ivy takes that spot for me. Uh, so you have Blue Beetle, then Poison Ivy at number three, and then uh, it's really fucking hard to pick between the two, but I'll I'll say Shazam and then Birds of Prey. All right. Yeah, with favorite moments, definitely, as I mentioned earlier, 
I've decided it's uh, Cass going up against Diana and just messing her shit up. It oh, was so fucking good. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, I, I think I read that part like three times in one go. It was so like I finished it, flip back, go. Oh my god, it was so good. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, and All indeed. Right. All right, well, that is the show. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We will be back next week covering all of DC's weekly releases. Same geek time, same geek channel. So that is the show we're getting out of here, and you'll have to as well. Be careful out there, and remember, in the Geek Matrix, everybody has a home. In the Geek Matrix, you are not alone. Peace. Finger guns. <laughs> <laughs>